since you have your Bibles there, I want you to open up to Romans chapter 8. We're going through uh, some scriptures today, and some of these scriptures that are probably already highlighted in your Bible, which is really good. A refresher is always good, isn't it? You know how you can read the Word of God, and it, you, it will light you up. It will, when it lights you up like that, you don't just scoot by it. What you want to do is go over that scripture over and over and over and you meditate on it. Because God's trying to tell you something. He's trying to give you something that's going to be good for your life. And so don't overlook, oh, that was really good. Or you might hear something uh, here today that, wow, where is that? You know, make a note for yourself. We used to do an outline, but... uh, what and we used to put all the scriptures up on uh, PowerPoint, and what I believe has happened is it causes us to become lazy. You know, this word is is like it says. Jesus called himself the Word. Remember that, John chapter one. Hold your finger right there in Romans chapter eight. Let's look at that scripture and put your put your eyes on it. John chapter one. John chapter 1 is really important because this book isn't just a book. This is the living God's word to you and to me. This is vital for your life. John chapter 1, just again, I'll say it over and over again. I love to hear those pages turning. And now it's all going to electronics, and so, you know, it's good to see the lights shining. But I, and I really am encouraging you to get a, a printed Bible. Uh, the way things are going in the world, it's real possible that there's going to be a time when you won't find some uh, opposing views to the world system. Do you understand that's happening right before our eyes? So let's just be prepared. Let's be wise, Okay. So John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's radical. That is radical. So that means what you have in your hand is God speaking to you. You understand? His words, Jesus says, are spirit and their life. Spirit and life. You are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you live in a body. That's according to the Word of God. Uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to continue in our uh, Holy Spirit series, and this is vital today's lesson, and it's something that we need to practice, something that we must develop and get better at, and that's being led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. we led by the Spirit of God going to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, Romans chapter 8, I'm going to look and start off with uh, verse 14. And I, uh, I have the Amplified. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Uh, if, you're, if you're a student of the Word, I recommend you get an Amplified Bible. An Amplified Bible is very important because it expands on the words that were written. Uh, The New Testament was written in Greek, and Greek language is very picturesque. 
And so it takes more words in English to describe the concept of what is being said. I, uh, so you need to get two Bibles, I guess, huh? Now you're talking. <laughs> Three or four. And that's what's so nice about the electronics. You can have 30 different uh, versions of the Bible, translations of the Bible. And I do, we do recommend you look at a scripture, then look at a different translation to see what it is. And there's going to be a time or a particular translation that fits you best. Do you understand what I mean by that? It's easier for you to read. Uh, nobody talks King James English anymore. And when the King James Bible was written, it was common language. But there are Bible translations that are so common, it waters the word down. So you've got to be careful on which ones you're choosing. Word to the wise. Romans chapter 8. This, this is about how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to be led by the Spirit of God. And this scripture says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. This is really important for us to understand this. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. Leading means He's leading you. He's leading you. He's out front. Got it? It's not where we argue with the Holy Spirit. This is where we agree with the Holy Spirit. Do you know He's going to tell you things you don't like? He's going to call you to make changes in your life. Do you understand? This is right. And this is normal. God knows the beginning from the end. He has a plan for your life and... Believe it or not, he has it written down in a book. All the days of your life are written in his book. And what my goal is, is to actually do what's written in that book. I don't want to go to the left or to the right. And Jesus said, it's a narrow path that we walk. Because this world, this world system is anti-God, anti-Christ. We see lawlessness abounding now. We see unrighteousness being rewarded. And that's what puts us on a narrow path. And that's what makes us different. Number one is because we have a standard. We're not moved by the wind or the waves. We are locked in in a standard. And that standard is found in the Word of God. It goes on to say, let's start it over. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need so much help in this. And what we really want to do is surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We want to be declared sons of God and being declared sons of God is being led we believe that you're going to give us wisdom and understanding our hearts are receptive 
deal with this the way you need to deal with us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> For all who are led by the Spirit of God, we'll continue. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. The Spirit of God is going to testify with our spirits. It's important that you understand that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we're not going there, but this is what it says. He says that God is going to cause us to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. He's just described your makeup. This is what man is. Man is a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. This is our reasoning faculties. And we have a body. And this is your earth suit. And we all know if something happens to the earth suit, you got to leave. <laughs> you can't stay. And what's the best part of it is, as we are believers of Jesus Christ... When God has caused us to recognize our state of being a sinner and a rebellious individual against him, he, he, he did that to me in a, in a for sure way. But thank God for it, because I submitted to him and was born again. And when you're born again, what's born again? Your spirit. You still look the same after you're born again. And you still have the same squirrely thoughts you had before. See, Bible tells us what to do with our soul, and he tells us what to do with our body. And so it's important that we do it. Because so many Christians are looking for mm, guidance in the way that God says it's not going to come. So many times we look, well, what's your opinion? What's your opinion? Oh, what's your opinion? What do you think? What do you think? Now, what we've got to do is quiet ourselves because this world is so noisy. Even at the gas pump, you're going to listen to music and they're going to try to sell you something. You need to have quiet time. It's hard to find, isn't it? Especially if you have kids. But it's important that you find quiet time because that way you can quiet yourself down to hear the very whispers of God. Remember when I, uh, Elijah was in the mountains? Uh, he outran the king's horses and Jezebel wanted to kill him. So he, he's running. He's actually in the mountains in a cave. And God speaks to him and says, what are you doing here? He was outside of Israel. What are you doing here? First of all, there was a, the earthquake, and God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a big fire. God's not in the fire. The big wind. God wasn't in the big wind. He was in the whisper. 
He was in the whisper. So it's important for us to quiet our souls, which is your mind, because, you know, you think thoughts you don't want to think. That's where the devil attacks you mostly, in your mind. So you have to quiet your mind, quiet your body, and get in a state where you can actually hear God. Because God's speaking to you more than you think. Amen? Yeah. And it's good to uh, investigate that. God's not going to speak to you through your soul. He's going to speak to you through your spirit. He's not going to speak to you through your body. He's going to speak to you through your spirit. And that's why it's so important that we understand that we are a spirit being. We have to become more spirit conscious than we are anything else. Anybody want to be led by the Spirit of God? Yeah. I think it's going to cause us from a lot of trouble. And a lot of times what happens is that uh, Christians, well-meaning Christians, uh, confuse spirit and soul. They think it's the same thing. It is not. Because... We mentioned the scripture in First Thessalonians about spirit, soul, and body. How he's going to make you whole. Spirit, soul, and body. And then in Hebrews, if you've read the book of Hebrews lately, it says that it's the word of God, and only the word of God can divide the spirit and the soul. And so if the Word of God can divide the spirit and soul. It's important for you and I to be in the Word daily so we can divide the spirit and soul. Amen? Because <laughs> it says the Word of God is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing. And that's what it is. We need to have the sensitivity divide the spirit and the soul. Things get loud, don't they? And I, can anybody tell me what the loudest voice is? It's your flesh. It's the loudest voice. And your flesh can scream at you, can't it? Just do a two-day fast. <laughs> Those fries look good. <laughs> but, but we have to understand that we are a spirit being. Your spirit is living forever. Even those who are not born again, the spirit will exist forever. But their spirit will remain dead if they don't accept Jesus Christ. And this is a danger... Your good works will not get you to heaven. Not any of them. Because God is perfect. The first time that you thought a bad thought, boom. Penalty is death and hell. And you and I are born sinners. Born. It's the nature of man after the fall. That's why you need to be born again. 
born from above. And how's that happen? You surrender to Jesus. You believe what he's done for you. It's the greatest miracle that ever could happen on this planet. And it's unseen. Why? Because it's your inner man, the hidden man of the heart that is born again. And when that happens, let's turn to 1 Corinthians here. Or 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6. If you're in Romans, go toward the back of the Bible. It's the next book in the Bible. It's, it's important that we know how to find things in the Bible. Amen? Because God might speak to you about something and it will quicken your spirit. It will strengthen your spirit. It will give you wisdom. And what you need to do then is meditate on what he has told you. You have to establish that in your heart. Because your feelings could draw you away. Second Corinthians six sixteen. For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. We are the temple of the living God. Your physical body houses your spirit. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. And there's a song many years ago, and I love this. It's like God is closer than the air around you. He's closer than the air around you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And so if he dwells within us, and this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's important for us to be more spirit conscious than we are soulish or fleshly. It's vital. Because all who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. They're the sons of God. And ladies, that... Son, and that means that you are elevated too. It's not like men are better than women. It's actually an elevation of royalty. Sons and daughters of God. You have the authority as a son of God. That's good news, isn't it? You have to understand your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what God wants you to do is think about that. Because we found out that he speaks to us. He bears witness with our spirit, like it said there in verse 16. He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He bears witness with us. It doesn't mean you're going to hear a voice. And please don't look and want voices. Well, I'll tell you what, if God speaks to you in an audible voice, that means trouble is coming and that word is given to you as an anchor of your soul going through a lot of trouble. Because you can always fall back on that and hold tight. But he bears witness with our spirit. That's why we must become sensitive to our spirits. 
Because many of us, I am included in this, have missed it because we paid no attention to that inner witness. And it got us in trouble. And it will get us in trouble every time. It really will. See, it's with your spirit you contact the spiritual realm. Got it? The spiritual realm is what created everything you see. Everything you see. God is a spirit. And he spoke, and this is all he created. Everything. The spiritual realm is first. And when you and I are connected with the spiritual realm, God will lead and guide us around trouble, through trouble, and over trouble. (laughs) You know, I said around trouble, through trouble. God is not just going to magically, because it's no magic, it's being led by the Spirit of God. He sometimes will lead you into trouble. You read that all through the Bible. Did any of the apostles have trouble? (laughs) They were led by the Spirit of God. We've got to understand that God is dealing with us as sons, and in the book of Hebrews, it says that he will correct us. And we have to be correctable. Because being corrected will mature us in the spirit. We'll become true sons of God. Daughters of God. And a lot of correction has to happen with us. A lot. It's just because we don't know. And he's revealing it to us. Where? Through his word. Because it's spirit and life. And he's bearing witness with us by our spirits. Bears witness with our spirits. That's why we have to be practicing this all day. Practice it. Just practice it. Lord, I'm going to, you know, where are my keys, Holy Spirit? Come on now. I'm not the only one. (laughs) Maybe, where are my keys? (laughs) I'm learning to ask the Holy Spirit first. Because she probably already knows, and then every time you know men, you know it. They know where everything is. And it's like, did you look under the piece of paper? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) I did not. (laughs) But we have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. See, you... The Holy Spirit indwells you. That's remarkable. It's miraculous in itself. And if God himself indwells you, then it would be wise of us to listen to him. And it will change us. It'll absolutely change us. Instead of going out and looking at the night sky and saying, Where are you, God? (laughs) Anybody do that? I've done it. That's before I knew better. He's right here. With your soul 
you connect with the intellectual realm, okay? We're, we're, we're basing it, we're slowing it down, we're getting it together so we can actually start to put some of this in practice so that we can become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So my mind, I, I, I'm, I'm in the mental realm, the intellectual realm. You know, your intellect will talk you out of what the Holy Spirit has asked you to do. Because you could come up with all sorts of reason and logic. Reason and logic. If it was reason and logic that we held on to, then Joshua would have never taken Jericho. Here's the battle plan, boys. We're going to walk around Jericho. <laughs> and then we're going to shout at it. <laughs> and all the generals said, where we go next? <laughs> but if we're involved with the things of God and we're becoming more sensitive to the things of God, our path will grow brighter and brighter our confidence will be built. We'll be more effective witnesses. We'll be more effective parents. We'll be more effective friends because we're led by the Spirit of God. And now, with our body, we, we just, the natural realm. Touching, tasting, feeling, smelling. Do you understand? Hearing. God wants us to hear in our inner man. He wants us to be, he wants us to recognize when he's bearing witness to your heart, the inner man, the hidden man of the soul, inner, inner man of the heart. That's what Peter calls him. Paul calls him the inward man. You know, when this body decays, you're still going to be you. You're going to look like you. We're going to recognize you. And what has happened is too many people have really gained great intellect and they have a scrawny little spirit. Their heads are really big, if you could see in the spirit realm, and their spirits are emaciated. We don't want that, do we? No, no, we sure don't. It's your spirit that is recreated. And so we have to become more aware of the spirit realm. And it's our responsibility to do it. Because if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. Spiritual things don't just fall on you like fresh fruit off a tree. You have to work for it. You have to spend time developing yourself. You have to make it a priority. A priority. Amen. Okay. Uh, look what it says in Romans chapter two, 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12. It's just going right back to Romans. How do we do this? Do we hold our fingers together and sit Indian fashion and hum? No, you do not. You don't. 
Look what it says here. Verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Too often what's happened in the Christian realm is that they've allowed their outward man to dominate them. Their lifestyle is nowhere close to what God is calling them to do. It's because they don't put the word in them heart and they don't obey it. This says what? Do not be conformed to the world. Do you know every time you're on that TV watching the news, they're actually brainwashing you. They want you to become like them. Do you know how intolerant so many people are if you have an opposing view, and I will say like Facebook, if you have an opposing view to, let's say, uh, the corona deal. If doctors have a, an opposing view and saying the studies really prove that masks don't work, but we've heard somebody push, no, you need two masks. And pretty soon they're going to tell you to sleep in them. <laughs> but now you can't find that voice. It's the world system happening right before our eyes. Right before our eyes, it's happening. That you, you, in China, you know, you get social points for doing exactly what they tell you. And they're encouraging their citizens, well, turn her in because she did something wrong. She jaywalked across the street. <laughs> you know, our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and Pakistan and these places, they, they need to be led by the Spirit of God. Their life depends on it. Ours does not yet. But, you know, if you have kids, what do you think is going to happen in 10 years, 20 years? And so, therefore, mom and dad, you have a great responsibility to teach them how to be led by the Spirit of God. It's huge. And actually, God says that this is what you're supposed to be doing. The only way that we can be successful in life, like we said, know God, find purpose. It's not your purpose. It's his purpose for your life. Did, I, did you hear that? It's not your purpose. It's his purpose for your life. And because that's where you're going to find abundant life. You're going to find true life. And people will, America especially, will tell you true life is when you have a lot of money and you're buying anything you want. God knows you need money and he wants you to be successful. He wants you to be very successful. And he's actually told us how to do it. Now, this might be a little harder for you. And you, it's okay for you to look in your table of contents. Turn to Joshua. 
Joshua. Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. And you can imagine what a huge responsibility that was. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants you to be successful. Do you know there's a scripture that says what men highly esteem, God thinks it's just junk. That's a paraphrase by Steve Ogle. <laughs> there's no connection with the value system that this world has, this world system, and the eternal perspective of the love of God, which has been shed abroad in your heart. True justice, true justice, which you're not getting here. You will not have it in this world. Joshua 1, chapter 8, or chapter 1, verse 8. That'll mess you up. <laughs> You have it highlighted. Awesome. You have it highlighted. That's what we're talking about. Things in the Bible that are highlighted. Joshua was asking God for help to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to that which is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have success. And again, I'll go back to the statement I said before. So many people are looking for guidance other than how the Bible says to, to obtain guidance. He says to renew your mind. You know, that's actually not a suggestion. You see, we live in a democracy, and it's carried over into our believing God and our relationship with God. We, we think that we have a voice. When he tells us something, we can just tell him, no, because I want to do this. And it's, it's a dangerous place to put ourselves in. It could cost you money if you're investing. I suggest you ask God how to invest if you're investing. I suggest you to get real quiet about that and wait till you know on who you're marrying. Wouldn't it be great? To, to, because God knows the beginning from the end. That, <laughs> Lord, is this the person I should marry? Well, it's important. One of the things that we've seen most uh, that have drawn men and women away from God who were on fire from God is their, their boyfriend-girlfriend. Next thing you know, you don't see them. Slowly, slowly, them disappear. It's important. Your relationships are vital. It's vital. How did the early church make it with all the persecution that was happening to them? The Bible says that they, they listened to the apostles' teaching. They gathered together. They broke bread together. They hung out together. 
They prayed together. They prayed together so much that the place was shaken that they were in. Once you come to prayer, maybe we can have that happen here. <laughs> it's important for us. It's vital for us. God wants you successful. He wants me successful. And he starts off by, don't be conformed to this world, but renew your mind, all the way back to Joshua. Jesus says his words are spirit and they're life. So if we're putting the word of God in us, that's spirit and life. And that's what's going to manifest in here when you're asking something important. He'll bear witness with you. He'll give you an answer. It can save your life. It can save your life. We've heard many stories about this. Now, do you think those guys in Afghanistan need to hear from God? Shall I go here? Shall I talk to this person? Shall I move? Shall I run? Shall I hide? Where shall I hide? Christians are the most persecuted group of people in the world and have been for years. We just don't know about it. I would suggest you get this magazine called Voice of the Martyrs. And if you're a reader, uh, read Fox's Book of Martyrs. After you read that, you're going to have to set it down and read some word because it's just very difficult. I pray that that kind of persecution does not come here. But what we've got to do is, if our children are going to go through any of this, we have got to teach them the Word of God. We have to be the example to them about the Word of God. In our relationships, and our business deals, It's drastic what can happen. And we saw how quickly it can happen. We must, must read the Word of God. And we must put ourselves in a heart position to receive from God. How do we do this, you know? here's, Here's how we do it. This is, this is how we train our hearts. This is how we become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We have to meditate on the Word of God. Number one, meditate. That means focus, reflect. That means ponder. You're never going to really train yourself if you're just reading a, 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 a proverb and a psalm and then hitting the rest of your day. You're not going to build your spirit. You need to spend some time. You have, to, you have to practice the Word. Number two, you have to practice the Word of God. Practice it. When you see something that it's just just a straight direction and you've been living the wrong way, change. It's going to be hard, but you've got to change. Next thing is put the Word of God first place in your life. Have questions. Pastor Mamie and I have been doing this for years. What do you think? What do you think? What does the Word say? That's final authority. Final authority. 
And then number four, the biggest thing is, is that you instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to your spirit. He's not going to speak to your soul. He's going to speak to your spirit. Instantly obey Him. Again, here's something really important. Write it down if you're taking notes. Feelings are the voice of your body. Reason is the voice of your soul or your mind. And conscience, your conscience, is the voice of your spirit. I think the Holy Spirit has spoken to our hearts here today. And he is, he is kind of, like, because we pray that he would rearrange things and straighten things out. Because we, well, all of us have squirrely thinking. Let's face it, we all do. And so he is the one who, by the word of God, will straighten our thinking out. And guess what? The world isn't going to like it. It isn't. People are going to look at you and say, "Mm -hmm, who do you think you are? Anybody here heard, so now you're judging us. Are you more righteous than any? Come on. And just say, no, I just have a standard. I just have a standard. That's it. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just give you glory in this place. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you taught us today. You taught us. You spoke to us. You've helped us. You've encouraged us. You also have challenged us. We're willing, Lord, to obey you. I ask that you would just bring this quiet time that we need. And that we use our time wisely. We don't have to watch four football games in a day. We don't. You don't have to spend four hours on your gaming board thing. I don't know what it is. This. You know what I'm saying. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you and allow you to do what you need to do in our lives so that we can walk in the path that you've set before us. We want to fulfill your purpose for our lives. Direct and guide us. Help us to practice the presence of God every time we can. If you're here today and you're not born again like the Bible says this is outside your realm you can't make that connection with the Holy Spirit you have to be born again because he does not live inside of you hey wouldn't it be great to have all your sins forgiven oh my goodness and only Jesus Christ can do that it's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness If you're here today and you want this new life, I don't know why you wouldn't. 
I'm asking you to simply slip your hand up. Anyone at all. You watching by the internet. Don't you want your sins forgiven? Don't you want to be cleansed from all unrighteousness? Just simply say this prayer. Everybody follow along in this prayer. Father God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I know Jesus paid the price. He spilled his blood. I accept that sacrifice. I praise you, Father, that he was raised from the dead on the third day that secured my eternal life. Fill me full of your spirit, Jesus. Hallelujah.